Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Well, I truly believe that this next series is going to set the vision for, for where we're going in the house. You know, the, the, when last year, and if, if you want to know a little bit more about our vision, where we're going, how much tithe has come in, all of that, we do that in December. We do that the thir- first three Wednesday nights in, in December before we get off into Christmas, and we have vision, and we just talk about what God's doing, where we've come, how much we've given. We're very, very transparent. And um, last year during that time, I really felt like I was in a time of prayer and I really felt like God was going to have us on this three-year journey. And the first one was that we were planting seeds. Then we were, first as we were tilling the ground, then we were going to plant seeds, then we were going to see a harvest. And, I, and we've had just, just really good growth, um, but I don't really even think, think that we've hit our tipping point yet. And so, I, I mean, obviously you can see the parking and those of you who are uh, coming faithfully and this is your church, I mean, I would encourage you to be evangelistic and park further uh, because, you, because you know it's good. <laughs> you know, don't, let's not let the people who are skeptics park the furthest. Well, I'm not going to this church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to get walk a mile to get there. You know, let, let's, let's go ahead and do the most evangelical thing we can do and park further. But, um, but I will tell you, that I really feel like for us to continue to move where God wants us to move, we're going to have to have some growth, some maturity, and some roots. And so as we do that, come on, the seed is awesome. But you know that the seed has to die before it can really thrive. And so some of you are like, where are you going with this? I'm not talking about your own personal death, but I am talking about that Every person that was used greatly by God came to this climax in their life. Am I going to be me or am I going to let you take over my life? And there's this tension between God, I'm going to let you have all of me. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do a great work in your life and completely transform your mind. And for us to step in and be the church that God has called us to be, we're going to have to plant some firm roots. We're going to have to plant some firm roots. There is something different about a man or a woman who has been planted and has a strong root system. There's something different about that. Healthy plants have healthy roots. And from time to time, we all face adversity. Come on. Anybody face a little bit of adversity this week? Come on, y'all a little quiet now. Y'all got to liven up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Anybody had a little adversity this last week or the week before last? Come on. Your very last night could have been so hard that you're here today with your makeup dry and, and looking kind of good, but last night you may have been straight in tears. And if that's you, I'm so glad that you're here because I believe that we get an opportunity to speak truth into what the enemy would want to defeat you in. Each one of our lives, we all have stresses and frustration. We all have times where we're attacked and we're tested. But in those times, you've got to have something that holds you a little deeper than just, I like the preacher and I like that church. Or, oh, I like that worship. Well, I'm telling you, that, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, woo, we're rocking. 
You're going to have to have something that holds you and keeps you grounded when the storms of life come. And here's the deal. We all have times of intensity. And in those times of intensity, here's what happens. What you believe about God, what you believe about church, what you believe about your own life, and what you believe about your future will be challenged. See, we have this idea where once I get saved, my spiritual life turns into the Disney Channel. There's a song. And there may be momentary afflictions, afflictions, but in 30 minutes, everything is better. I mean, I mean come on, the bluebird is on my shoulder. We're having a zippity-doo-dah day. Come on, I got saved. Nothing can harm me. You know what I'm saying? I've got my sword of the spirit. I've got my armor on. I'm reflecting every bad thing. Life is great. And it cannot be bad, ever. And so what happens is, is we come under this, this faulty knowledge that we think because I made a commitment to Christ that my roots are deep and I can withstand storms. And we've got to till the soil. We've got to ready the ground. We've got to plant something that will grow. And it's got to make sure that the roots are held fast. Because the challenge for everyone is coming. I mean, you remember the story of the big bad wolf, and I know that I'm speaking to adults here. So, um, but the concept was that that the pigs had an enemy, and there was only one pig that built something strong enough to stand. Now, I'm not trying to take you back to your mother goose days, but I am trying to draw this point and let you know that none of us are stronger than our roots. None of us are stronger than the roots that you're having and that you're producing. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20 says, Therefore we are known by our fruit. We will be known by our fruits. Our fruits. We are to produce. And when adversity, when life, when stuff happens, we are supposed to be producing something that looks different, tastes different, and feels different than the world. You know what I'm saying? Come on, one person. That's good. Come on, we need you. We need you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. Check this out. It says, As you therefore have received Christ as Lord, so walk in Him, rooted, built up in Him, established in your faith, as you have been taught, abounding with it with thanksgiving. This is a very interesting text. Why would Paul write, well, Come on, because we have this concept sometime in church where all we need is Jesus. If Jesus takes the wheel, then my life is it's, it's, it's better. It's done. No, no, no. Paul says it's much more than that. Once you've received Christ, you've got to walk in Him. There's times we don't want to walk anymore. There's times we don't want to walk this walk. It's getting too hard. It's too frustrating. I have to watch my mouth all the time. I have to watch these emotions and this flesh. And I just want to sometimes, sometimes I just want to give someone just a good cussing. Some people just need a good cussing. No, you're... You, you're walking in Him. You're rooted in Him. You're built up in Him. In other words, everything is in Him and through Him, and you're establishing your faith. With thanksgiving. You mean some Christians, oh, I'm going to Bible study again. Wow, is it painful? 
Oh, I prayed. Oh, I'm fasting for Jesus. Oh, I'm praying for you. It's got, oh, and it's like, that's not what the Bible said. The Bible says that we do this. I get to do this because anything other than this will be bondage and it will ultimately kill me slowly. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah, I got to manage things. Yeah, I wish I could just put my kids in front of the television and let them watch whatever they want to watch. But I got to manage stuff. I got to, well, it's not, it's so, it's so hard. The world, so hard. Come on. We do this with Thanksgiving. But look at this. We're going to go on and, and read the rest of this. Beware lest any of you lest anyone is cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. In the verse we just read, it clearly states that our life should produce something different other than hurt, jealousy, bitterness, racism, lust, selfishness, pride, that we should look different. That who we are is a byproduct of the root that we've planted. And not only that, but we read, be aware. Be aware. Come on. We got parents in the room. that you don't knowingly let your kids go play by four-lane traffic. You're aware. You're aware. I was aware when my kids were younger where the sharp objects were. I was aware. But it's like now we're moving through life. And listen, there are lust of the flesh, the pride of life, lust of the eyes. It's everywhere. And if we're lollygagging, come on. If we're like zippity-doo-dah and we're not aware of all the things that want to Tear up your marriage, destroy your life, break your character, leave you addicted, put you in fear, leave you isolated. we got to be aware. Come on, now our country is in this, got this little motto, if you see something, say something. And our country is trying to, trying to do all they can to get people aware. You, you, you guys are too safe. You need to look around. You need to see what's going on. Right? Yeah. But has the church done that? Are, are we aware? Are we aware that the, uh, this root of bitterness is beginning to grow in our heart for people? Are we aware that, that all of a sudden we're, we're, we're fighting this jealousy and, and we know oh, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing. We're gossiping. We're, all of a sudden, we're, I'm not, not anybody here, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know all of a sudden we're, we're just, are we aware? Are we aware that Fox News or CNN, are we aware that they might not have a biblical worldview for us? Are we aware that SMNBC, whatever, whoever, somebody? <laughs> are we aware, listen, are we, are we just aware that there is a philosophy of the world? And what is the philosophy of the world? Let's just talk about it. The philosophy of the world is humanism. You don't need God. You're okay by yourself. You groan. That's the philosophy of the world. The enemy came in. You don't need God. What you want to do? You know that fruit looks good? Go on, eat it. 
What's God going to do? The philosophy of the world is humanism. You first. You are the one who meets all your needs. You are the one that, that provides your happiness. And if you aren't happy, leave that joker. Leave that girl. Leave the jo- Tell your boss, go take it. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it's all about me up in this piece. That's the world. Now, here's the, what the Bible is telling you, is if you give over to that philosophy, eventually it will move you into isolation, and you might not be alone now, but you're going to get there. Empty philosophies that sound good. Come on, every movie's moral is whatever you want to do. Every song is whatever you want to do. And I promise you, I live in my house and my wife is not always happy when I do everything I want to do. Like that don't work. That may work at your house, but that don't work at my house. You know what I'm saying? My kids, they don't get to do everything. Hold on, I pay for this. You know what I'm saying? That's my couch. Humanism, what tries to come in and change our mindset. Matthew chapter 13. I want to spend some time here. Matthew chapter 13. You can flip there, open there, open your app, look on the screen. You know what I'm saying? Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 through 9, it says this. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house. Come on, he went to the house. That's what he did. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, don't send me an email. I know it was. Uh, this is funny. All right. You guys are a hard crowd today. Y'all need to get up and eat a donut or something. Aye, listen, sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so much that he got in the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And then he spoke many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went into, um, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured it, some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched it. And because they had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground, yielding a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. This is Jesus talking. And Jesus is like, I'm going to talk and you need to just listen to what I said. Now, I find that interesting because you would think you would be listening to Jesus if you came and there's a bunch of multitudes and everybody's so far, you know, uh, around him that he's pushing him that he has to get into a boat to talk because there's so many people who came to obviously hear him or see what he was going to do. But then he ends it with, hey, you better listen to this. Okay, I am not cooking on a pot. I am not washing laundry at the river. I am here. So really, I'm kind of offended that you would say, listen, because I came to listen. (laughs) Listen, listen to this. He begins to talk about four different types of ground. He begins to talk about these different types of ground, and he... And here's the thing, is he's recognizing and calling out. When Jesus met with people, he was always revealing to them what was in them. 
the woman of the well. He began to talk to her, and all of a sudden, he begins to pull out in her the issues that are stopping her from being blessed. We could go on and on and on. Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house. I see, I see your heart. I'm going to connect with that. We're going to have a moment, and transformation's going to happen. At the end of this meeting, you're going to want to give back more money than you've taken in. That's what Jesus does. If we're not careful, we'll make it about the system and the culture and the song, and we'll get the system, but we'll miss the Savior. As we look at this, what does it take you to be ready, to be prepared, to give your best, to be on time, to exceed the expectations that you set? I, when Katie and I, um, I, I had a reality check when Katie and I got married because uh, I am the kind of personality where I am always ready to go. I'm always ready to go. I know when I need to be there, I am ready. I, 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 I would rather leave something I need than not go when I'm supposed to go. Does that make sense? And so I got married. And my wife didn't have that philosophy. And so I soon learned my ready and her ready were two different readies. Like when I said, I'm ready, keys in hand, wallet, walking out the door. She said, oh, I'm ready. Let me check for about a few things. You know what I'm Like, that's not ready. Your ready and my ready is not the same ready. Hey, baby, you ready? Oh, yeah, I just got to get... My ready was like, we're leaving. I remember one time we went to Texarkana. And we, were, we had young kids. Uh, we were going to see family, going to see uh, Katie's mom, mother-in-law, Ginger. And um, we had a two-year-old and, and a baby. And, and I, w I woke up, and, sh and we had told everybody when we were going to be there. Hey, we'll, we'll be there at this time. And so I was like, okay, I got up. I got my stuff together. I'm like, ready. I'm starting the car. You know, and my wife's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm ready. She's like, no, 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 no. We have all this that we need to pack. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, oh, no, no. We have to, we, we, we have to pack the, the pack and play. We've got to take the, uh, the, the, the stand-up toy thing that has a big round, like you fit them in that. We have to take the bumbo because the baby has to sit in this foam-like object. And then we have to take towel, and we have to take toys, and we have to take blankies. And we have, and I, like all morning, I, I was moving my house into my car. <laughs> like, I'm like, we have, we have, like, these two kids don't even make one of us yet. <laughs> and like, there's so much stuff that I'm having to pack in to this car. And, and I'm just telling you, we were not a happy family because I, we, I wanted to go. And she kept putting stuff, like you, we have to pack this. And then we would leave and she oh babe, can you go back real quick? No, I can't go back. <laughs> you don't understand the fundamental of who I am. Don't ask me to go shopping. I'm a buyer, I'm not a shopper. You understand, when, we, I, want, when I go hunting, I'm gonna go hunting this in, in November, and later November, I'm a killer, I'm not a hunter. I'm a catcher, I'm not a fisher. I can't go back once I leave. It can't happen. Well, we, we, we need to go back. I hate everybody. <laughs> right now, I hate everybody in this car. <laughs> I felt defeat. You know, anybody understand what I'm saying? Somebody, do not push anybody. Do not point anybody. Do not look at anybody. Look here. 
I found out real quick that if I wanted to be ready and we wanted to be ready, we were going to have to change how we got prepared. We were going to have to pack the night before. And so that moment, and I'm making it sound funny, but it was a moment. It changed the way we packed. Now when we go on a trip, we pack the car the night before. We make the kids sleep in their clothes. We have plastic baggies of dry cereal. You cannot eat because you will mess up a dish and my wife will have to clean it because she cannot leave with something dirty. I will blow up this whole house, you mess with me. <laughs> By your laughter, I feel like we're, we're family. What does it take you to be prepared? You know, this was just something totally insignificant, moving my kids, moving my family, getting there on time, which we were totally late. We're like five hours late. Um, but how do you, at what great lengths do you go to prepare your heart, to prepare your soil, to prepare the fact that God wants to speak to you. Have you bought into this idea that, well, maybe he just doesn't want to talk to me that much anymore? Or may, maybe I needed that when I was younger, but now I don't really need that as much. And before you know it, over the years, something that was soft has become hard. See, here's the one thing about crops that I, 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 I I'm not a farmer, <laughs> but uh, my son is. Uh, <laughs> and, it is funny. I, I, for, I, we lived in Hot Springs. We lived on top of a mountain for um, 10 years. I tried to grow grass. I couldn't grow grass. My son throws a few seeds into our flower bed over here in Rogers and grows watermelons. I don't even want to talk about it. But uh, he's like, Dad, I'm a farmer. I was like, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> He talks about four different types here, and I want to spend some time talking about our heart and the condition of our heart, because here's what I found out as I was doing a lot of studying and reading, is just because you have one great crop one year does not mean that you will have continual great crops. And I believe that many are here because you're seeking, or you've had a moment where there was a great crop moment in your life. Don't live off of five years ago. Don't live off of a revelation that happened to you when you were in your 20s or you were in... We got to ready the soil because God wants to grow some things in our life. I want to talk real quick about a, a, a few types of ground that Jesus talks about. First of all, we need to know that Jesus is the sower and he's sowing the word. The seed is the word of God. And he's trying to put it in our life because it will work and it will produce. He uses the word wayside, path, road. I mean, that's, we don't use a wayside anymore. We use road. And so the sower came to sow the seeds. And it came on a hard ground. And when I look at this, I see that Jesus is talking about the wounded heart, the one that's been trampled. Trampled by men, walked, abused, rode, whatever, used. 
And I meet people all the time, that, and it's so sad as a pastor, it breaks my heart when I can look into the eyes of someone and I can watch them and I can see their giftings, I can see them thriving, I can see what God wants to do in their life, but they've been trampled. Maybe by a father, maybe by a mom, maybe by a, a, a school teacher, maybe by a, a, a family member, maybe a horrific event, maybe a loss of a child, maybe a loss of whatever, and they just feel trampled. Like, I don't know how I get over this. And the seeds go back. And God is always launching seeds out, always launching seeds out because God knows that he wants to produce something great in your life. But the reality is this. There are some people that because of their background, their history, or maybe their own choices, the ground is so hard that the seed can't take. It doesn't even get to the ground. I want to talk a little bit about this. If you're in that place and you feel cold to anything spiritual, maybe you're just like me, you don't even know. You don't even know my road. You don't even know what has happened. You have no, I, you have no idea the hurt and the, the pain and the tears that I've cried. Can I tell you this, that no one ever said life would be easy. And no one ever said that life would be fair. And you may have a long list of people who have abused you or hurt you. But I can tell you this, you don't have to live lonely. You don't have to live lonely. It's terrible that people trample on people, victimize people, maliciously come after people. But I can tell you this, that God has a plan for your life and the sower is still believing and sowing seeds. I find it interesting that the sower sows the seed even though he knows there is no soil. I don't know if you thought about that. I don't think that he did that as a kind of a, um, uh, a sarcastic gesture. I think that you need to know that you have a loving Savior that is constantly throwing out seeds to your life. And he is trying to show you the condition of your heart, but he is always for you getting some seed. No matter how hard it's been, no matter what wrong you've done, no matter what has happened, you know, the Bible, there were murderers that came and God began to do revival through them. There were people who had horrible, horrible events happen in their life and they were a part of it, but the seed kept coming. The second thing is this is the rocky gravel, the gravel. These are people who, you know what, happen to be a little shallow. They have a hard heart. They're different from the wounded heart. They have a hard heart. And hard heart, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you, you, uh, you were made to come to church your whole life. Maybe you had a mom that every time you were sick, you know, they wanted you to rebuke the devil but never would give you any Tylenol. I, and so all of it just made you frustrated and it made you mad. And it was like, okay, how do I live in faith but yet I have a temperature? You know what I'm saying? And, and so you grew up. Up under some stuff and, and it was more confusing than it was liberating and and you were around it your whole life but it, it's, it hadn't taken it's on gravel you know what 
One thing I pray as a pastor is that when our kids go into children's church and our kids come to youth group or they, or, and they do their life groups, I constantly am praying God mend and, and fix and capture the heart of our young people. I, I don't want them to be in church and just like the community. I want God to connect with them. I want them to break before you. I want them to have a moment. Come on, we got to be happy about that. Come on, somebody. I want our kids growing up loving God not feeling like everybody's watching them and if they're not good enough, come on, and if they sin and if they mess up, no, 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 I know where to go if I sin and I mess up. I know where the healer is. I know where I can be restored. Come on, somebody. But maybe you grew up in something that your heart got hard or maybe you, you think that you know something or... You have intellect, or you've kind of gotten, you got the point. There is a God, He had sent a Son, Jesus, nails, cross, blood, I got it. But it's never really changed your heart. And it kept you hard. Can I tell you this? The soil is very deep. Parents, this is very alarming to me, because you can see something spring up quickly, but then it's no longer there. And you can think, ah, little Johnny prayed. Little Johnny wrote me a picture of Jesus. But when the sun comes out, is he still there? When the sun comes out, come on somebody. When the sun comes out, is he still drawing pictures and talking about how good God is? Because right now, I'm in a situation right now with, my, one, my, with Tia. You know, her life has been pretty good. She has pretty good parents. And she's just kind of been, hi, eh, uh. and, it, and I don't know if many of you know her, but she is like my super sanguine child. She's like, ah, ah. And so I've been praying for her because it was like her world got popped. And I've been praying for her. And last night we had a little bit of breakthrough. And she began to cry and I began to talk to her. And, 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 and here's what I'm saying is you've got to have breakthrough in your life. You cannot stay hard. You cannot, when trouble comes and trouble's going to come, how is it going to respond to you, student? It's a teenager, young adult, college student, married couple. Listen, well, oh, I got saved. You'll you meet someone who gets saved and it's like, I want to read the whole Bible today. You better dig down. You better dig down because I know what's coming. And you know what? I'm not professing that over anybody, but I'm telling you, the enemy comes to steal the seed. And while you're so excited, you need to take that energy into putting a shovel in your hand and begin to dig. You hear what I'm saying? You need to dig, baby. The third is among the thorns. Distracted heart. It's sad that people, here's what it says in the Word, is that they, they took the seed with gladness, they had understanding, they begin to grow, yet here's what's sad, their fruit never comes into perfection. God, you know what we call that? Religion. I look like leaves, I look like a plant, so everyone needs to look at me and go, hey, I'm in the plant club except for 
you never produce to the perfection of the seed. And, and here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that these people get distracted. They get distracted and, and, they, and they shift their thinking and they begin to get worried and the heaviness of life and, 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 and they start to lust for other things. And, and it's almost like I love this and I'm grateful for this. I'm just not sure this will fulfill me ultimately. So I need to go chase something else to give me value. I'm not talking about, listen, this is not a poverty gospel. We believe that you sow the seed. God will bless you. We believe faithful in the little ruler over much. Does that make sense? You got to get a job. and you got, but, but your job, your boss, your government is not the supplier of who. Does that make sense? Worries of life will make you unfruitful. The seed works. There is life in the seed. And here's what I want you to know is that thorns are around all of us because sin is in our nature. And don't be surprised. Oh, I don't want a thorn. Did gum it? I didn't want thorns. We all have to deal with thorns. And so sometimes a response happens or something happens and it just kind of brings something up and that thorn's like, you're just going to have to, okay, I got to take care of that thorn because it will kill what God is trying to produce in my life. The last thing is this, the good fruit, good soil. And you guys can go ahead and come up. Is that the good soil is someone who hears and understands. Notice that the soil doesn't have more, it has less. It has less, look, it has less rocks, less thorns, less cares, less worries, less distractions. If you're going to see God do something great in your life, you're going to have to make some room for the Word to work in your heart we got to make some room for the Word to produce. To remove some thoughts and attitudes. The soil has to be watered. And the Holy Spirit is the one that waters the seed so that we can know the heart of God. we got to hear it. we got to accept it. we got to protect it. we got to see its return. Here's what I, I want you to see is the seed that you're sowing. And when you watch over that, it is not... Something will not produce in your life. You're going to get 30, 60, or 100. I don't know if there's any economic people up in the place, but if you can take $1, come on somebody, and make it three. Holla. If your percentage can go, out of this little thing, I can have 30, 30, 1, 30, 160? 170? As we begin to talk about being rooted, here's what I want to do as we walk through this. We will grow and you will grow and our church will grow together if you grow. Life predicates life. Someone we need a 30-seater. We need a 60-seater. 
We need a hundred seeder. We need people who have seeds to give, seeds to give, seeds to give, seeds to give. A word in due season. Seeds to give, seeds to give. Someone who's going to come up and take someone out to coffee. Seed to give, seed to give, seed to give. And we're planting and we're growing. And all of a sudden, then everybody's not looking to one man to fulfill it. We already tried that. Moses' father-in-law had to come and say, the way you're doing it isn't good. Give people the opportunity to produce some seed and see some change in their life. Each Sunday, I'm going to give you one principle that I think will help you flourish. I'm going to give you five principles, so we're going to talk about this for five Sundays. Here's the principle. When the soil of your heart is soft, the easier it is to produce the plan of God for your life. When the soil of your heart is soft, the easier it is to produce the plan of God for your life. You want to flourish? You want to go to the next level? You want to continue on in your relationship with God? You work on your soil. Because God's seed is already on point. You work on your soil. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.